Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. Today we're continuing looking at Hebrews chapter 11 and we come across Moses and we're going to see how faith affected his life, really his parents' life as we're going to start as we're going to be looking at Hebrews 11, 23 today. And of course, faith, well, faith fears God. That's what we're going to be looking at today. We're also going to see that faith does what is best. And we're going to see that faith obeys God no matter the cost, which, of course, if you're doing those three things, faith is undoubtedly affecting your life and affecting your life greatly. But before we get into that, we are going to continue with our scripture reading, but we're starting a new book that we're reading so far. We've read through the book of James, and we've also read through the book of Philippians, and we're going to start on the book of 2 Timothy. And 2 Timothy is one of my favorite books in all of the Bible. Uh, it's it's one I've spent a lot of time in studying. In fact, it's one we'll probably be doing a devotional through at some point. It's not the next thing on the docket, but uh, we, we will probably be going and doing a Shouts of Grace through Second Timothy, which will take us a little bit of time because there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, but I do want to just give a little bit of background. Second Timothy is Paul writing to Timothy, a, a young pastor, and he's going and encouraging him. Uh, to really be bold and courageous, which of course is something that you need to do uh, if you're going to have faith and something that you will do and be if you have faith. So let's get into it here. Second Timothy chapter one, starting in verse one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as, without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of the Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words, which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. This you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out zealously, very zealously, and found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. 
All right, now let's get into our text today in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, and it says this, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's commands. The first thing that I want us to see this morning is that faith fears God. And Moses' parents, they feared God. And this is undoubtedly true. And, and you can see here that this was just an incredible thing that happened because at this point in time, when Moses was born, of course, he's born in Egypt, and there was a decree that went out from Pharaoh that all of the male children were to go and to be tossed, you know, tossed into the Nile and to be killed uh, at this point in time. And that they were, you know, they were, he was trying to kill off uh, basically a generation or or cull a generation uh, of the Israelites because of their great number that we see here. But the parents of Moses looked down and they saw he was a beautiful child. Now, I want to just stop there for a moment. Because when I was born, that is not what people thought when they saw me. In fact, just kind of a funny story. I had a lot of health issues when I was first born, and my mom uh, looked at me, and she thought, man, that is an ugly baby. And the doctors, the doctors said, you know, hey, we need to life flight your son, and she wouldn't let him life flight me uh, because she said, no, he's too ugly. You'll lose him. And so uh, needless to say, me and Moses do not have a lot in common in the looks department, at least when we were babies. Uh, maybe he grew up to be as handsome as me. I'm not sure. But nonetheless, Moses was a beautiful baby and I was not. That really doesn't have anything to do with anything, but it's just kind of a fun story. Anyway, faith fears God. So Moses' parents, they see that he is a beautiful child. And this caused their action. They knew that God had a value on life. They knew this. Now, remember what faith is. It's a substance of things hoped for. Uh, a title or a deed, and they saw that God was the giver of life. They saw then that God was the one who defined the value of life, and they believed that God was worthy to do so. It was the title or the deed. They were looking at this, and they were saying, look, this is what God has written down. We are going to go, and, and he's given this information to us, and so we're going to go and to walk in it. We're accepting that title or that deed. But then it's also evidences of things not seen. Their actions accompanied their faith, and their action was to fear God, and they feared God by going in, instead of giving their child up to the king who would go and kill their child, they went and they hid the child for three months. See, when you believe who God really is, you fear him even more than the greatest, most powerful person in your nation. So the question comes, do you fear God? Do you fear God? Of course, this first takes a, a belief in God. You can't fear a God that you do not believe in. And of course, you have to believe what the Bible says about him because the Bible paints the picture, accurately so, that God is all-powerful, that he is all-knowing, that he is self-existent, that he is righteous, that he is just, that he is good, that he is merciful, that he is kind. But all of these things, that he's holy, all of these things point us to a reality that we should fear God that we should have a respect for God, number one. That's what most people think of when they think of the fear of God. But if you've listened to the Proverbs 
uh, series that we did. And if not, go back and listen to it. It was it was really good. Uh, but if you've listened to the Proverbs series, you know that the fear of God is also legitimately fearing God, realizing that he is the one who has the power to cast souls into hell, that he is the one who is a just God and a righteous God and, and of course, can punish us, and rightly so, if, of course, if we're deserving of it. But this belief, this fear of God, it must go further than our head. It must reach our heart. You know, many people who claim Christ and even maybe are Christians, maybe they're not, but uh, but they maybe they only have head knowledge or or understand just the truths about the Bible. But they have grasped the truths of the Bible, but the truths of the Bible hasn't necessarily grasped them. And this is really evident in the fear of God. See, because when we truly believe who God is and who the Bible says God is, it means that you're really going to fear God. See, fearing God is the foundation of standing for him. If you do not fear him, you're not going to stand. You're just not going to stand. If, if we want to know today why there aren't people who stand for righteousness in the face of persecution, who go and set their face like flint, why there is not very many of them, it's because we have a severe lacking of the fear of God in our nation. Used to be able that we describe people as God fearing, a God fearing person, a God fearing man, a God fearing woman. We don't hear that anymore. We don't hear people being described as that anymore, and it's because we don't fear God. But think about how how common or or loosey goosey we've gotten with the things of God in in, in our lives and in our nation specifically. I mean, uh, you you know you you go and it's not uncommon to hear the Lord's name taken in vain. Everywhere you turn around, I mean, people don't regard that as 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 holy anymore. The name of God, they're not hallowing God's name. Uh, if you go and and you look at it, well, I mean, you know, church attendance is that something that really matters? Is that a central thing in your life? Well, no. I mean, there's all these other extracurricular things that are happening on Sundays, that are happening on Wednesdays. You know, when I was a kid growing up, you could go and play sports. And on Wednesday, we would get out of practice early, and there was no games on Wednesday nights. Why? It was so that you could have time to get to church. Well, now, I remember just a few years ago, uh, as, as I was pastoring there in a church that was literally had a softball and baseball fields right outside our back door, I remember practice going on on Easter Sunday in the afternoon. And there were all kinds of tournaments that were happening on Sundays and not just, oh, Sunday afternoon, okay, you know, gave the kids time to, to go to church. No, it, was, it would start in the morning on Sunday and go all the way through into the evening on Sunday. Instead of giving the whole day to God, the, the day was given, you know, to the idol of extracurricular activities, of popularity, of, of potentially going and winning a scholarship or something like that. But you stop and you think about that. Our culture has become very flippant with who God is, the things of God, and the name of God. 
We don't have a fear of God in the fabric of our culture. And because of that, we don't have very many God-fearing people. Because we don't have any God-fearing people, we don't have people who are willing to take a stand and to stand against evil. They might disagree with the evil, but it's normally a quiet disagreement and it's not a standing. It's not a it, it, it's not an opposing of tyranny. The second thing they want us to see this morning is that faith does what's best. Faith does what's best. See, Moses' parents, they did what was best in the eyes of God. And in Acts 7, verse 20, it, it expands on this just a little bit. It says this, At this time, Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God, and he was brought up in his father's house for three months. They realized that this child was well-pleasing to God. And so what did they do? They did what was right according to God. And of course, why was Moses well-pleasing to God? Well, it's because God values life, and he's the one who defines life. And so they obeyed God rather than man. And of course, for Moses, this saved his life. And they, of course, defended his life. And they sought the interest of Moses rather than their own interest. They put their lives at stake so that they could save Moses' life. Wow, they did what was right, what was best in the eyes of God, and what was best for their child, Moses. Question is, is do you do what's best? Do you seek to do what's best in the eyes of God and in the lives of those whom God places around you? Do you seek to do what's best? You know, I think of that old uh, little kid's song, Jesus and others in you. What a wonderful way to spell joy. J is for Jesus, for he has first place. O is for others you meet face to face. U is for you, or Y, excuse me, Y is for you. You don't spell joy, J-O-U. You spell it J-O-Y. Y is for you, and uh, for you shall come last. I have something like that. And then, uh, you know, you spell it J-O-Y, joy. Um but it's that other of Jesus and others. Is that the approach that you take to life? Do you put Jesus in first place? And then do you seek to love the others around you? Do you seek to do what's best for Jesus and what's best for others? That's the question. Faith, when you truly go and you, you believe God, what is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God. What's the second greatest commandment? To love your neighbor as yourself. When you do those two things, it means you're believing God and you're having evidences that you're believing God. Well, that's faith. Faith comes up and it seeks to do what's best in the eyes of God and for others. The third thing we see here is that faith obeys God no matter the cost. You see, Moses' parents, they had no fear of the king's command. The king's command was one of life or death for the child, but clearly it was also towards the parents. Remember, this was not the, the, the first response that the king had. This was the double down time on his command because the first at first he told the midwives to go and to kill the baby boys and they disobeyed. Uh, and so he enforced it by telling his, his guards, the soldiers to go and to do it, to go and to get those babies and to kill them. See, they could have lost their lives Moses' parents, for disobeying. But instead 
of fearing the king. They feared God, and therefore they had faith in God, and that is what produced obedience. Even in the peril of their own lives, no matter what the cost, they obeyed God. And also note that it says that all of this was done by faith. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden away for three months by his parents. By faith is what they did it with. So how's your obedience? Do you obey no matter what the cost is in your life? Do you obey even when it is difficult, even when there's pressure around you to disobey? Do you obey God? Well, you're not going to obey God, obviously, if you aren't doing it by faith. You're also not going to obey God in that way if you don't fear God. It's so important. It's so important to understand this. It's so important to fear God and to have faith in God and to let it affect your life no matter the cost. Well, thank you for listening today. Let's close with Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. You may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. Oh, but even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing. Sing like the battle's been won. Then you feel it, the song that is rising. Then you can't help but let it out. If you're trusting in faith, even now, Can believe it, the work is already.